Hi, Rebecca here, and today we have dressage rider for Team GB, Gareth Hughes. Gareth has won over 60 national and international titles, including Team Silver in 2014 and 2022 WEG and 2021 European Dressage Championships and was the team reserve for Tokyo Olympics. We talk about his current superstar, Classic Brialinka, and the success at Herning. Why did it all work out so well? And how do you turn a team of champions into a champion team? We know how um, enthusiastic the crowd was at Herning and Gareth gives us his perspective from right in the middle of the arena. Uh, we look at what makes Lottie Fry and Charlotte Dujardin so good, and he has an up-close and, close and personal um, view, so it's good to hear his perspective. The importance of technique um, and what that actually means. Picking the right trainers, training with Carl Hester and the Carl legacy, and what is good riding. We also talk about coping with championships when you first get on a team. Um, Gareth discusses the combinations that have changed the sport in the modern era, how the sport has evolved and the importance of sport today. What's it like coping when Olympic dreams are shattered and also being the fourth rider in the new Olympic format? We look at how his motivations have changed over the years and what the future holds and vaulting. Haha, <laughs> now I've got your interest. Here's Gareth. So we'll start with WEG. Yeah. Happy? Very. Yeah. Really. Amazing, huh? Yeah. It's good. Yeah, really um, good. So just give us a bit of a... So uh, WEG, um, we, uh, I had my mare, yeah. uh, Classic Bray Linker, yeah. who we've had since she was uh, about four, actually, three, four. And um, we'd, uh, she'd done really well at the 19 Europeans. Yeah. That's the first time I saw her. Yeah. And I think the thing... Sorry, interrupting you. No, but you're the thing fine. about it was just the okay, she wasn't a Glamadale Cantus, no, no. but the what the correctness of it yeah. all. Yeah. So correct. Yeah. There wasn't a foot out of place, no, I think. No. And um, I mean, because the thing is with a horse like her, she doesn't have Glamadale paces. Mm. So there's no use trying to ride Glamadale no. paces. Um, and but where her strengths were was in the collections, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the double marks, actually. Yes. You know, the pirouettes, the, the piaf. You know, she has good passage, you know, trot half passes. Yeah. The counter zigzag's quite nice. You know, pirouettes at WEG, she had tens. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, with a horse like that, it's not about producing those paces because she has mm. nice basic paces. But but if you do that, you know, it's about bringing out her strengths and, you know, her strengths. And in the Grand Prix, you know, there's, what is it, 160 marks for the piaf passage yeah. and 160 or 80 marks for the, for the canter. Yeah. Um, and there's, what, how many marks for the trot? You know, so, yeah, yeah. so no, she she was great. So, um, she was really good. Uh, twenty twenty when uh, Tokyo was supposed to happen. Yes. And then, unfortunately, beginning of twenty one, COVID, everything moved on. She injured herself at the beginning of the season, um, which was really sad. It was really hard because mm. I knew that was my Olympics over. Um, and uh, anyway, you know, she came back and she came back really well. And so, our aim this year was always WEG. Mm. Um, it's a tough team to get on. I mean, any medal-winning team is a tough team to get yes. on, and rightly so. Yes. Um, so we started at the beginning of the year, and um, I very much had my plan of which shows I wanted to do, and then we got selected, um, and she arrived in really good form. Um, because she'd had the 12 months off previously, she was probably a little bit out of competition form mm -hmm. because I hadn't done a lot of comps. 
Um, but no, she arrived great. And what was, she's always like, even at Rotterdam, she was quite nervous. Yeah. But she tried really hard in yeah. the arena. Yeah. The lovely thing about WEG this year, I mean, the arena was huge. Was it? Yeah. Um, huge, huge. Great arena to ride in because everybody was so far back. Uh-huh. So even on Freestyle Night, where there was, what, 13, I think 13,000 people in oh, there, yeah. you still had enough room away from okay. them. So a lot of horses took to it really away. So it was a lovely arena to ride into. But what was great about this time is almost the amount of work I didn't have to do to get her into the arena, oh. which was lovely. Yeah. So for instance, you know, we arrive and, you know, they have their ride after you arrive to get them all loosened up. And we then you have a heavy ride to set them up. And then you have arena familiarization. Yeah. And um, my arena familiarization was just, you know, just take her into the arena. So what, and she was you, great. what would you normally have to do? Well, usually, usually when they're all that energy and stuff is you're trying to set up. So, you know, you might add a second ride in that day, okay. things like that. And we did the Grand Prix. And so we were on the first day. Yeah. So there was two days of Grand Prix and then the special. I didn't even ride her that day. Okay. So I was able to usually when they like that, you've got to ride them. Okay. So I was able to just, she just got handled. Okay. And then morning of the special, I didn't ride her. I just rode her for the special. Yeah. Um, and then we had a day off. Yeah. Um, in between that and the freestyle, I didn't ride her. Okay. And it was really nice to have her there where she was so honoured that I didn't have to, because she's 16. Yes. Um, that I didn't have to put the miles on. Yes. So that was lovely. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And it was really nice to get to that point. And what was lovely too, she did a good Grand Prix. Mm. Um, she didn't even better special you know she really started to come out of herself um and then by freestyle she was amazing yeah, yeah. and the crowd so the crowd <laughs> the crowd they, they i mean they, it's 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 so nice that they want to get involved but i was coming down i think i was the first horse they clapped for in the yeah, grand prix and, you were just like, and i piaffed and i started to massage and they clapped they started clapping and all i could think of and i can still remember it today all i could think of was please don't canter please don't canter. I literally was passaging, saying to myself, please don't canter, please go, because I could feel her tense, and it would have been so easy to do a canter stride or something, but obviously then you lose your passage mark. Um, and uh, I knew she wasn't gonna halt. Yeah. So there was no use then forcing it. It was like, okay, That's we just, just, we just because she was she was just too tight, and it, it wasn't her fault. Yeah. And the hard thing is, when they're so constant, so when you come in, and people clap when they announce you, you're concentrated, but concentrated in a different way, and you have an option. Mm. You can halt, you can walk, you can trot, you can canter, you can, you can do something to get their focus back on you. Then you go through the test, and um, okay, freestyle's different, but the other tests, you know there's, there's, there's background music, and what the background music does is it just sort of, it just sort of hushes the, 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 yeah. And so you can hear a noise, but it's not there, but when you're really focused like that, you can hear, noise that's different mm. it's like falling asleep and hearing a horse bang in a stable yeah. you know it's, it's a different noise so when you come in you're so focused then all of a sudden the clap starts like that and you know she's not Glamourdale that's used to it yes. you know you've got these stallions the stallion, that you've done stallion shows, shows over yeah. and over again I mean Glamourdale would walk in and clap that she's not like yes. that you know she hasn't been in that environment um, and uh, so I was really pleased because then she did the special and she was lovely throughout yeah. the whole thing. And then in the freestyle, yeah, again, they clapped. So she, she didn't quite hold the last hold. But it was, I remember there was one point in my freestyle and I came around the bottom. I think it was coming into my second extended canter and I actually had time to look up the crowd. Oh, cool. You know, which was lovely. It yeah. was amazing. And it was the first time I'd ridden my freestyle. Oh, really? I'd oh, never nice. ridden my freestyle. <laughs> 
because I'd done the floor plan. Yeah. Because um, the hard thing is, is that, you know, when, when you do a new freestyle, you don't do it 10 months out because no. you're not ready. No. And so what happens is, is that you lead up to it and then you're like, oh my God, I've got to put this together. So I put the floor plan together. So I rode that once, sent it off for the music. And so music gets sent backwards and forwards again. And then by the time I got my music, I was a week out. Well, I have to focus on my Grand Prix. Oh, right. Because your Grand Prix is the, the team event. Yeah. So I didn't have time to... So I literally watched it, watched it, watched it, and then we rode it. Oh, my God. But you're good at that, aren't you? I mean, was it the 2013 Europeans? You had, like, 20 hours to get ready? Is that yes, right? yes, yes. So Could I got... So that was my first championship. <laughs> yeah. So I'd never done it before. And I got rung 20 hours before the horses were going and we were going. Yeah. And it's not going down the road. It was from England to Denmark. So within 20 hours, I was A, told. B, we had to organise health papers. We had to organise kit. I had no kit. Kit, um, we had to organise transport for the horse. We had to get that all done. Oh, yeah. Then we had to organise my plane ticket and everything and all of that kind of stuff. That's hard enough when you're a, an established team rider, and when you're not, it's just like, like what do I do? You know, and it was just it was just because also too is I couldn't enjoy being selected, like being told, yeah, because it was panic. It's just like oh no, yeah, um, you know. So it wasn't like they told me three days out. It was like I had you had a couple of days to get your head around it. It was a little bit like right, you've been selected, you're on the plane, we have to do this, and it was just yeah, it was manic. But you made it. But we made it. We made it. So. How do you, um, well, okay, let's go back to, say, the team and being on the team. Yeah. And how do you make, because I think you've spoken about this before, about, you know, where everyone sits in the team yeah. and what right yeah. what. So you've got a team, especially it's something like the UK or German team, you've got a team of champions. How do you make that, like, into a champion team, you know? Um, well, I mean, the main thing is, is, is a team environment works yeah. if you make it a team environment. So how? Um, because everyone's got their job. Yes. You know, and, and it's it's an individual sport that ends up as a team. Yeah. And I think where when you get to that level, I think that where teams go wrong is they start worrying and focusing on if they can beat their team member. Okay. Yeah? Yes. Because what they do is they want to be maybe the best one in the team. In the team, yes. And what happens is you start to get a little bit too focused on that rather than going and... I mean, it's not a race. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. there are no tactics. Okay, so it's not like a 1500 meter race where you go, right, this is who I'm against. I've got tactics, I do this, that, and the other. Your job is to go in there and ride the best Grand Prix test, for, for instance, mm. for there, as you can. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's it. Yeah, stop thinking about it. No, stop being distracted it. by anything else. Yeah. The rest of it's out of your control. Yeah. You know, your mark's yeah. out of your control. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you can't, you can't work. Now that sounds really, but it's really hard. Yeah. Now it's 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 easy when you're established because you can go in there and I mean I remember <coughs> riding internationally over there at the beginning you know and you go in the arena with Isabel yeah I mean you get outridden yeah and not because she does anything it's just that like oh my god it's Isabel you know and you go around I remember when I first started riding internationally it was like oh my god look at them trot okay I've got I've got to make my horse trot oh god have you seen how they do that and do that and what happens you go in and the horse is basically going what the hell are what you do doing what do you want me to do and so um, I remember. I don't, I don't talk to sports psychologists or anything like that because right. I'm, I'm pretty good in my head. But I did speak to one once that did that. And the one piece of his advice he, he told me, which, was, which I've always remembered, he said, 
rely on what you do that got you there. Yeah, okay. Because that got you there. Yes, yes. Don't change what you do that got you there just because yeah. you got there. Yeah. Good. Good and advice. And it's so true. Yeah, it is. Because he said, like, if you go and get worked in and you find that having someone in your ear works, yeah. have someone in your ear. If you don't do it on the lead up, don't do it don't there. Do it. Just because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, and things like, and when you're in a first team environment, teams are very different. Championships are very different. Because when you do a normal CDI, you arrive, you do your own thing. When you go to a championship, you have timings when to ride, you've got to do things in certain order, you have to wait for other people, you have to fit in, you know, you have to stable there, you get driven there, you go to bed then, you Mm. eat there. And if you don't like that, it creates an atmosphere. And actually, when that is, very rarely do people do their best. Yes. So you've got to learn to be adaptable. Okay. Um, and then things like um, arena familiarization. You know, you they, they usually open up the arena before, but then we always have a time slot mm. for the team mm. where you get 15 minutes or whatever. You know, and it's easy to go, oh, well, they went in that, so we follow them, and we do that, and we do that. But when maybe on your own, at a normal champion, at a normal international, maybe you would have, like, waited or had done another way so you've got to remember what you did to get there yeah and you've got to put that into because even though you are part of the team you are an individual as well yeah and that's not so easy yeah um and so i remember for instance uh what i do now especially on a spooky horse is when we have arena familiarization um i never walk in with another horse okay because i can't from a test ah yeah nice so I tend to practice what I'm going to do. Right, but that's a bit like what you do today. Yeah. you got to yeah. train. And like, it sounds really simple. Yeah, but it's But not. you forget. Yeah. So what I do do is if they go in, so I either, I'll either go in first, or you can go in second, or you can go in third, but I always wait until I can't see the horse. Ah. That's yeah. just for me, what I yeah. do. Other people go, no, I need to. The other thing I tend to do is I always tend to, if you've got a spooky horse, mm. um, have my groom walk in front of the horse. Mm. So my horse follows the groom. Familiar. So on the day, that's the one thing you can do. You can do that, yes. Yeah. So I create a try and create a, a habit that gives yeah. the horse confidence. confidence. Yeah. And this is about isn't it, building confidence yeah. for the horse. Yeah. Because once you go in the arena, you're done. That's yeah. what you train for. That's what you do. So you, you do that. Yeah. What changes? It's like trying to because there's certain things you can control and certain things you can't. You've got to not worry about the things you can't control. Worry about the things you can control. Mm. Um, and then within that. That, that team environment and structure mm. you've got to be able to work out how you fit yeah and um, you said um, about the mayor she wins she won't win a warm up yeah she's won a lot of tests yeah yeah just expand on that so what happens is in the warm up usually the biggest moving horse wins the warm up it's like you know I'm alright there now no, yeah there you go okay you're good now yeah I'm going to fall. Oh, it's fine. I'm in. I'm in. It's fine. Uh, so you're going to warm up with Glamourdale. Yeah. You can't trot like Glamourdale. No. You cannot canter like Glamourdale. No. Glamourdale wins the warm up every day of the week. Yes. Um, and so what you have to do is you have you have your, again, it's that thing of how do you train at home? How do you prepare? Mm-hmm. So again, when I first started and you started to go internationally, you would watch and because you, you hadn't seen it, you'd see these people ride. Mm. Um, I have one. Oh, you got two now. As you can see, yeah, huh? it didn't work very well, but yeah. You got two now. Thank you. Are you staying here for a long time? 
Oh, probably. Yeah, 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 it's so good. Um, what you do is you start watching things and looking things, and all of a sudden you change your. Yes. And so, what oh you remember God, is your horse, your horse relies on you. Yes. And so, very much now we have our structure and how I warm up and how I ride. And I, you know, I'm with Bray Linker, you know, I go into the test. I mean, she has the tiniest little trot. Mm. I go into the warm up and I walk round, and I usually do a little bit of lateral work and walk because that's what I do at home. And then I go and do a little tootle and trot. And then we warm up, and I usually do some straight lines, diagonals, maybe a shoulder four, and then I do the same in canter, and then we yeah. walk, we have a pat, we have a little look around. Then I usually pick up, and I go canter, and I usually do my circles first and get her up, and then yeah. I add a bit of leg. And so I have very much a process, and what that process does, it focuses the horse, and it gives the horse confidence. Mm. And so when you get to where you want to be, the horse has followed it, and that's where that consistency is really important. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they rely on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but no, she... But she will. She wins a warm up with a pirouette. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They all stop and look at a pirouette. <laughs> um, and and her piaf passage is pretty good. Yeah. Mm. So what they all do things. though is when I first come in, mm. nobody looks. Because it's like oh, yeah. It's or, just it, or, horse. or the opposite. They look at it and they but go why really. Is he doing that? <laughs> and then you pick up. But what? Because they all know her now. Yeah, it's different. You know, they look at it and go, "Okay, we just got to watch this horse." What's he? How's he? How's he get there? And then you do that exactly. Yeah. How does he get there? How does he? But you must. Is it? This is a bit left field, but sort of directed. You got to produce it to a point. You got well. Do you allow? Do you allow it to happen, or do you produce it? No, it's all produced. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know exactly which buttons to press. Yeah. So is that? Okay, it's a skill set. Exactly. I guess what I'm getting at, which is totally unrelated, but sort of related, but not okay. really. Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> it's like, where's she going with this? Um, riding as a shorter, petite person, or yep. riding as a taller? Mm-hmm. Per- is it? Which, I, I don't know. Which one do you think is h- harder or easier in terms of riding a big horse or a big horse? At oh, Grand I definitely, Green? I definitely think you know certain horses. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still relevant. You know, it's it's relevant. But yeah. then again, look at Lothian Glamadale. Yeah, I know. That's I mean, biggest, strongest horse there, and the little. tiniest little thing. Mm. So, you got what you got to remember is, and this is where I think more important for men as riders mm. than women, is it is the only, shall we say, Olympic sport. Yeah. Where men and women compete on equal footing. Yeah. Hence, it is not strength based. Yes. It's technique based. So, is it harder as a guy because you tend to use your strength? You do. That's why usually don't... men that get very good tend to be very good. Yeah. It's like okay. Cooks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Now, obviously, percentages say there's a, a large amount of women that do it, so there's going to be a large amount of women there. Yeah. Um, but usually, when a man in it bases it on technique, yeah, they they can tend to be quite good riders. Quite good. I bet. Yes. They tend to be it's quite almost probably riders. a bit harder for them. Well, yeah, because so we can't... Because, see, like Lottie, yeah. she can't rely on strength. So she has to have She has training. to have technique. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong, Lottie's a strong rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlotte is a very strong very rider. Strong, yeah. But they're strong because their position is strong. Yes. They're not, not strong. They're, they're not strong because they can lift heavier weights. Yes. Yeah? So a bloke comes in, and what happens is the horse pulls, so they pull, yeah. and the horse gives. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so but what happens harder. if you base your training on that? Mm. That horse eventually gets because there's no horse in the world that is, well, there's no man in the world that's stronger than a horse. No. When you ride them, no. okay, because you're not going to put a weightlifter on a horse. No. Um, and so what happens is, is that you base your training on strength, mm. 
that's basically training. So you have to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then what happens is eventually it doesn't work. So it falls apart. And that's why you see a lot of men that start out, their horses, as they train up the levels, go worse. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if if you are aware of that and you make sure that... I suppose the best way to describe the point that the weight in the aid goes from guiding to holding, because it's always the hand, not the leg. Yes. Goes from guiding to holding, you've got to stop. Okay. Because see, a woman, they can't hold strong can't enough hold. on a hole. There yeah. are some yeah, that yeah. do. Don't oh, get me wrong. I yeah, mean, I'm doing a bit of an overview. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get it. Um, but for a bloke, it's very easy to hold. Mm. So the moment you get to the point that it goes from, from guiding to holding, you've got to stop. Yeah. Right, so I remember years ago, um, going to cars. Yeah. I've been training with Carl for about 20 years. Yeah. I remember going to Carl's one day and I stayed overnight because we were training and he got on a horse that morning and he did about four laps um, and he got off and he said, um, what did he say to me? He said something like, oh, you have a go because um, this one's making me pull. Okay. So instead of going, right, I'm going to pull against it, it was like, I don't ride like that. I'm not, I'm not doing this. You don't ride yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the thing is, is where a man does come in is because, you know, we're dealing with big horses. Yeah. And every now and again, you yeah. know, they need a bit of strength into them to just squash them a bit. Yeah. You know, just make them aware. Yeah. But it's being strong enough to make them light. Yeah. But they're not relying on that aid as your future trainer. Also strong enough to hold your position. Like as a guy, sometimes yeah. you need yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You're not going there, yeah. buddy. Just mm. stay in the. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. But it must be technique based. Yeah. But every sport's technique based. Well, for sure. Um, but um, you know, it's 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 really important that you know to end up with those horses, and especially these days where the harmony is so important. Mm. The way the sport's gone, which I think is really positive, mm. um, is you know years ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago that that when you got stronger and created more expression, you got rewarded. Yeah. And that's where the riding went, and then all of a sudden, and it, it, and it really tipped. Yeah. Yeah. You London, know, we went sort of, we went through London. that, and then there was a real change. Yeah. And they just went, "This is going not going wrong the way. right way." And all of a sudden, and I think, and, and I actually do believe, I I do believe it was coming into the Vallegro. Mm. I think Vallegro changed it. Yeah. yeah, we have these horses that through time sort of are big moments in dressage and they change the sport. You go back to Ulrich, Mark Sob, they changed the sport. You know, Mark Sob was one of those first big strong horses with a little lady who came mm. in and it changed dressage. And then, you know, you had your Ulrich and your Klimke, you know, the elegance of mm. it and things. You know, you had um, Mark Sob with Angus Jensen, yeah. you know, the elegance of it. Mm. Um, and then you, um, you know, you had your Rusty, which went back to these big strong big horses strong. and things. And then you went through you know, Totillas, which are very different in the activity and things like that. But, you know, Anki, you know, Anki, what she did, it did change the sport. Mm. But sport evolves. Yeah. And I think to be a competitor with longevity, yeah. what's really important, if you want to be a competitive rider, yeah. you have to evolve with the sport. Um, now, it's up to the judges mm. to where that sport goes. It's up to the coaches to be able to work to that mm. you know and if it goes the wrong way it's up to people in the sport to go no. 
you know that, that that's not right and i think these days especially with uh, live streaming and social media i think that's been very good for the sport mm-hmm. i think it has a downside as mm-hmm. well because i think you have a lot of people that don't know about the sport that thinks any sort of form of horse riding is is bad yeah. and i think we have to be really really careful because horses aren't used for work anymore they're not used for farming they don't plow fields okay yes you know some are used for rounding up cattle and everything but overall the highest percentage of horses they use for sport Sport. and if that gets to the point they get sports taken away what do we do with the horses so it's really important that sport continues and it's really important that we 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 teach and make people understand why we do the sport so it's very important that how we portray the sport is positive But is good riding good riding and bad riding bad? Like, where's that line then of like, um, well, you know, is it in how much you ask of the horse? No, no, it's not. No, I don't no? think it is. No, I think, I think. I think it's not about how much you ask for a horse. I think it's making sure that you don't ask a horse to do something it can't, can't do. Can't do, yeah, which is kind of what I'm saying. It's, it's about, yeah. good riding is about making every horse you ride the best it can be. Yeah. Not every horse you ride be that one type. That, yeah. So for instance, okay. not every yes. horse can be a 75% Grand Prix horse. Yeah. So if it can be a 69% Grand Prix horse, and that's the best it can be, it's won its gold medal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in places like um, countries that have, uh, it's an industry, mm. you know, Germany and Holland and you know, even Denmark and things with the breeding that they've got, you have more options of horses. Mm. So what happens a little bit, you ride in one style, if it doesn't work, you just get another horse. Yes. Yes. Places like England is like here. We do not have lots of horses. And like, so for instance, I have a horse and I go, I have to make that Grand Prix. Not that I ride that way. And if I ruin it, it doesn't matter. I'll I'll do that one. And you've, every Grand Prix horse you've ridden, you've produced, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, And I think, and I think the style in which we train works for that because, and you know, <clears throat> all country styles come from someone mm. yeah definitely ours is, has the Carl effect yeah. you know um, Holland very much it was the Anki effect yeah. you know and it, and it comes down um, and but I think you know the way the Carl the, the Carl effect through our country is I mean he very much his style was about developing every horse yes because we don't have the options yes um, and not every horse can be a winner yeah um, you know, and Carl, Carl is one of those riders that you see him, and the, if the horse is only capable of getting 70%, he rides it so well for 70, yeah. you get 72. Yeah, okay. Then you put Carl on a horse that can do the big marks, he rides it no different, and then he's got Utopia that goes and yeah. wins a medal. Yeah, yeah. But what he doesn't do, he doesn't get on Nick Tuck and try and turn it into Utopia. Yeah. And so, so, and I think that that's what we do yeah. quite good. And do you think that's his biggest legacy, or the British? I think so. Yeah, being able to yeah, and I think, and I think that's not just a legacy that he'll leave in England. I think that's a legacy he'll leave worldwide. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, Carl's training has been taken by so many people. Yeah, because also too, is I think it's a way where everybody can take it, see it, utilize it. Mm. You know, I think Isabel. What Isabel done, has done is amazing. Mm. The amount of horses she produces is amazing. When Isabel retires, it's going to be a really sad day for the sport. Yeah. I don't understand how she trains. Yes. It's very special. It's very unique. Yes. Yeah. And so, 
not everybody could look at Isabel and go, I can copy that. Yeah. But I think everybody can look at Carl and go, I can copy that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Doesn't mean one's better than the other no. at all. It's just different. Just but I think Carl's legacy is one of those where, mm. you know, a lot of people will take, you know, that that is a way how he did it. Yeah. I think it, it, it relates. People relate to it. Yeah. And I think that's why people, you know, so many people like him. Like him. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. And with yourself, managing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older, mm. with the riding, mm-hmm. do you have to do, how many horses are you riding a day? So what, what, um, what motivates me now is riding less. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think when you're starting, you've got to ride as many horses as you can. Yeah. You've got to learn your craft. Yeah. You learn your craft. We also have, you know, I don't have a sponsor. Yeah. You know, I don't have money. Yeah. Um, so I've got to have business. Yeah. And I think in your business, you've got to work out how you want to pay for your business to run. Because mm. sport does not make good business sense. No. Yeah. If you want to be good in business, don't do sport. Unless you have the Nike sponsorship deal. So, exactly. <laughs> which, which ain't going to happen in dressage. <laughs> Um, so because if it was if it, if I was a smart businessman, I'd sell all my top horses. Yeah. But I don't have the sport. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, that's yeah. where you look at big Premiership soccer clubs in, in England, and they're in debt. Yeah. But they're successful. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the time, you know, sport doesn't make good misses. What you have to do to be successful in the sport on the business side of it sometimes doesn't make Different. sense. Yeah. Because again, you know, for football clubs you know going to debt sell all your top players yeah. well no they don't they keep their top players because otherwise they're not successful they're fine. <laughs> and so say so, you know it's difficult so i think it's finding a way to and i think that's i see a lot of young people now mm. and i don't know whether it's the sh- social media impact where everything looks so glamorous you know that you people look at it and they go oh well i just want to do that but a yeah. lot of young people these days is i think that they they want the glamour of the competing but and especially, I think when like we see it in um, in Europe with the with the ponies, juniors, and riders. Okay. Yeah, when they do that, is mm. that they're extremely successful at yeah. a championship level. Um, through you know, and a lot of them they're, they're young; they haven't had time to train the horse, so the horse is born. Yeah. Okay, which is absolutely fine. And then also too, even you know, a lot of wealthy parents they do that. But then a lot of parents sort of then go, right, you're 21, you need to do it yourself. Yeah. And what happens is is um, doing the unglamorous stuff is really hard mm. <laughs> and also too is then going back and coming into the open mm. classes you know you were successful against kids your age but now you step up into Grand Prix you've got to be successful against others that have been doing it for years yeah. but inside of that you've got to earn a living mm. and it's not glamorous and also too is you don't just get given horses yes you know and you don't just get given students no. um, and you don't just get given a yard um, and it's what really, do you mean? It's really, exactly. And it's really, really tough. And I think Shattering it's, dreams And also, here. too, it's, it's so expensive. It's hard. Yeah. But that's the reality of it. Yeah. And um, I, think, I think that young people, I think the smartest step for most of them is actually just base, go and work for a rider. Mm. You know, it's the one time in your life where you don't have to earn a living. And you can learn and learn and, and learn, learn and learn and learn, develop it. And then there's a point you can start to go out and, and, and do it. Because yeah. so many of the young ones, they get to 19, 20, 21, they come on a yard, they work for six months, they go, no, I want to be a trainer. They go out and two years' time, they start giving up because they've struggled to earn a living. Yeah. You know, or they don't want to ride young horses. Do you think it's a young person thing? Ooh, I don't know. Tough? It's just, I, I just think it's hard. I mean, these days you don't see, like, you know. You I mean, don't I, see the hard work. Well, I, I remember being a kid and, you know, all I wanted to do on my school holidays was go and 
be on my trainer's yard and watch. Yeah. You don't get that these days. You know, you don't see yeah, it as much really? these days. No, I mean, it's really hard to find staff everywhere. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, I mean, at competitions when I was younger, I lived at the Working Inn. Yeah. You very rarely see those younger riders watching the Grand Prix riders. No, you don't. Because uh. they're obviously there. Yeah, and it's hard. Um, and so it's tough. Doing anything to that elite level is tough. Um, so, for instance, with me now, um, so you have to develop your sport, you mm. develop your profession, um, learn your skills, mm. and then you start to go down what route you want to go down. You know, some turn, people turn into dealers, yeah. some people turn into uh, judges. Yeah. You know, there's a way to go through. Um, and, um, but, you know, once you get to my I love coaching. Yeah. I hate dealing. Yeah, don't yeah. like dealing don't want to judge don't want to deal so I am going to earn my live through coaching. coaching that's how I'll do it so I enjoy coaching um, you know we have a yard we have to earn X amount of pounds per month to pay for the yard yeah. so we have to find a way to do that yeah. so with my coaching and things like that and then you know now with the level I ride at and the age I am you know I want to keep going for yeah. a few more years um but you know, I pretty much work seven days a week. Yeah. And so, a at my age, I can't ride ten horses mm. and do all of that mm. and do it well. But also, that's not my job anymore. No. You know, it but do evolves. you actually want to? No, I don't. No. I don't. I mean, I love horses. Yeah. I don't enjoy just riding horses. No. I enjoy, enjoy riding good horses. Course. Well, I enjoy riding nice horses. They can be younger. Okay. I enjoy riding nice. It don't have to be Grand Prix. Yeah. But then again, that's what I am now. I'm a yeah. Grand Prix rider. Yeah. So I started off being a young horse rider that then eventually got to the high levels. Because you don't start off being a Grand Prix. Unless you're wealthy enough to buy those horses, you don't skill. start off. You've still got to earn, learn your skill set. And so now, you know, and also too now is we have a rider on the yard. My job is to give her skill set. Yes. So her job is now to do the young horses yes. with my guidance. Yes. Um, and then my job is to ride the advanced horses. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy doing that. You know, I really enjoy probably riding three, four horses in a morning. Yeah. I can do five. If I have to, I'll do six. Yeah. But I really love three, four. Yeah. Um, because also, too, when you're riding horses at that level, riding four Grand Prix horses is very different to yeah. riding four young horses. Yeah. Um, and mentally and mentally yeah, yeah. you know and um, it's it, it's just a different when you've been doing it for a long time you know yeah. it's sort of more finding out what keeps the enjoyment in the sport yes. and how to keep going okay. and you know I mean I'll you know as a rider I'll keep going at the level I'm at while I've got a horse that keeps me at the level I'm at and when, when that doesn't happen I don't think I'll go searching for it now oh uh, really yeah I think it's sort of like you know we, we, we develop it but I'm not I'm not hungry to find the next yeah, horse okay. just in case yes through the business and what we do things evolve yes um, so while they're there and if not then you know maybe my international riding will slow down and I'll do a bit more coaching develop horses for my daughter mm. you know train them so it, it just slowly evolves mm. And with your daughter, she's mm. doing dressage. Mm. Is she still vaulting? No, she stopped vaulting. So she was. Um, that's a she great was, start for. Oh a, my like, god, it was amazing. That's got to be yeah, good for your really, riding, doesn't really it? It was really, really good. It was amazing. What was really interesting, actually, because a lot of kids that vault, or a lot of people that vault, can't ride. Okay. Yes. Because actually, a lot of kids that vault start vaulting. Yeah. They can sit on a horse, but they can't ride a horse. Yes. And what was really interesting with Ruby is that, you know, she had a pony. Yeah. And um, 
you know, we couldn't afford, afford to buy her uh, team ponies because yeah, the yeah. pony thing over in, 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 in yeah, Europe. It's so, you know, she got, we, we basically loaned ponies. Yeah. And so she'd have for 12 months and then the next one would come along and, you know, because you'd had your lead rein pony and then the next oh. one. And then she saw the vaulting at uh, the Nationals and wanted to do it. And we were very lucky that a uh, vaulting school was in our village, oh, which we didn't okay. know about. <laughs> oh, really? So that worked out really <laughs> handy. So the first thing was that it was great childcare because she did she did two evenings a week and all day Saturday and sometimes Sunday morning. So it was perfect childcare. Like, so it was the cheapest childcare. In the world. <laughs> um, and two is what it did do is because she was quite competitive. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's not so easy being in a yard with your mum and dad that are mm. quite successful. Um, and so she's quite competitive. So what the vaulting did, it, it sort of, it, it dealt with her competitive spirit. Okay. You know, and she loved it. Um, and uh, Julie, um, who ran it, because it's very vaulting, very hard because there's not a lot of money in it. It's not an Olympic sport, so there's mm. no support. Yeah. Um, so it's all self-funded and everything. Yeah. And there was a lovely lo- lady called Julie that ran it. Um, so Ruby did the vaulting all the way through, and then. Ruby is, um, was she 14 now? I, I can't so. remember. My That's God. what I've heard. I keep going 13. I think she's 14 <laughs> think now. She's, 14. she's getting old too quickly. Um, terrifying. Oh my God. <laughs> I know because I've grown up at same, same speed. Um, so about, I think it was um, 12 months ago. Yeah. Well, what happened in the last couple of years, what happened she started obviously getting busy, busy with the dressage. Yeah. So she got a lovely pony to ride. Um, who she trained mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she was doing the ponies and we had a junior horse and she was doing more so obviously that was getting busier and busier and obviously she was very competitive in that yeah. Yeah. but she still got school and school's really important yeah. and so we did get to the point it's like well you can do both but you still have to go to school yeah you still got to school and do it do and you know the vaulting she was doing was championship level yeah so it's not like well you can start the year and just drop out yeah, so at the yeah, beginning of important. each year it's like right you've got to do it yeah um, and then um, um, I'm, I'm, I've lost my years now, and I can't remember. It was beginning. I think it was the beginning of this year or end of last year or into last year. COVID seems to have oh, completely God, thrown really, me. Hasn't it? So, so I keep forgetting my. Within about twelve months ago, yeah. uh, Julie, who ran the, the vaulting, um, unfortunately passed away. Oh no! And so what that did it had uh, it really hit the kids because she was like yeah. a, she was like a grandmother yeah. I mean she was brilliant with yeah. them and so I think at that point with that happening and Ruby unsure which way to go okay. it took something out of her enjoyment for the vaulting yeah. um, so I think that then allowed her to then tip, tip over to yeah. the dressage yeah, yeah so, so a very s- sad yeah, situation yeah for it um, but um, but you know she was always going to go down the dressage yeah, route yeah. but I think what it did do is you know she wouldn't have done less dressage but it would have been hard to fit them both in but she she, yeah. she lost the enjoyment yeah oh, um, and you have to enjoy it yeah you know you don't yeah. get paid for it no, exactly um, it doesn't evolve into anything yeah she's doing it at that level there's no further yeah, to, there's go. Nowhere to go um, and so it's really, really important you know enjoy and I think young people um, is you know they've got the rest of the life where they have to do things that they mm. don't enjoy earning a living <laughs> exactly. having a job things exactly. like that so I think it's really important that whatever they do when they're younger they try their best at mm. but they have to enjoy it yeah it's important and yeah. then they have to work hard to mm. understand there you go now with the training so I guess to um, oh well with hang on let's 
too You're many fine. things. With um, Tokyo, because you were yes. like the yes. reserve, was that more fun because no. you know, that was really it was hard awful. and awful? It was awful. Yeah. It would, yeah. That, that sounds terrible. No, awful. I know no. what you mean. So what happened is beginning of that year, obviously my plan was Braylinka, and I knew Braylinka. Yeah. Well, if Braylinka was going how Braylinka was going, we were on the team. Okay. No? Yeah. So what you do is the beginning. So people say, are you aiming for this, aim for that? As Grand Prix riders, of course we're always aiming. Yeah. But what you do is you start at the beginning of the year, you put a couple of scores down, your scores tell you whether you've got a chance to go to the championship. Yeah. I knew with Braylinka at the beginning of that year, if she laid her normal scores down, You're we in. were probably going to go. Yeah. Okay, so you aim for it. I remember one day, we have a great vet that comes out and checks the horses every six weeks or so. One day I walked out, they trotted her up, she was lame. I stopped. Mm-hmm. I literally walked around the corner of the shed and I saw her trot away because I was just trotting her up in hand and she was off and I stopped. And cried. <laughs> and they trotted her back and I walked up to well, my vet and I went, and he went, we're going to go and scan her. I was like, right, I have to start teaching. So I went in to start teaching and they were scanning her and I walked out to him and so I walked up to him and he said, I said, and? He said, unfortunately, she's, she's heard a front suspensory. And I said, Tokyo? And he had tears in his eyes and he just shook his head. And that, my Olympics were over. So I was like, right, fine. Went back in, taught. Oh my God, did you just go and like that? And and I thought, right, okay, fine. Look yourself in the bathroom in the fetal position. And so I had another Grand Prix horse called Sintano. Mm. Now, Sintano had only done his first Grand Prix through COVID. Okay. Which was the year before. (laughs) And so he hadn't competed. Mm. Um... And I think I might have, I can't think at that point, I think I might have done, well, he'd done some local ones, but we Uh hadn't done his international ones. So I thought, right, Santano, we're going to suck it up. We're going to see what we can do. (laughs) So I never thought he would be team, but I thought he could be the alternate, as they call it. So anyway, we went out and competed Mm. and we got selected. Mm -hmm. And... The way they do it with three on the team now, but the ability to substitute yeah. through, means that it, it's really it's it's a very difficult position mentally to take. Yeah. yeah. Because what you usually do is, if you're a reserve, you either a don't go. Mm. So what they do is basically they look at all the horses, and the day the horses all get on the lorry, you're off the team. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so like Europeans, which were in okay. Germany, yes. once so the reserve is standing there ready. Once they know all the horses are on the road, you're out. Because technically, four in the team, you've, you, you've got to drop score. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if if the championship is local and something happens before the trot up, and they can get the other horse mm. in, fine. But you know, when it's far away, you can't you can't take every it's horse done. across. You get on the bike. So what happens with the with the Olympics like this is basically because you can be substituted through, you do everything as a four member team you arrive you do all your bits you do the trot up you do the arena familiarization and I basically and so because the competition was in the evening it didn't start till five o'clock you could be substituted up to two hours before the class each day up to the special because the Grand Prix was a team qualifier for the special yeah. Yes. The special was the team. The, team. the Grand yes. Prix was a qualifier for the so music. So three days. So the only thing you couldn't be substituted for was the music. Yeah. That's could three be, days. You so could be three on. days. So what happens is at three o'clock every day, I got a text to go, "Don't need you today." So what you had to do is you had to set yourself up. You had to prepare yourself. You had to prepare your horse and be ready 
to ride at the Olympics. And never ride. And then you never ride. Awful. And it's Awful. really hard. And the other thing is, is obviously, you know, you're you're part of the team and our team's super successful mm. and they did amazing and they did really, really well. And then you're not part of it. Mm. It's awful. It's, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, and I think all all the reserve riders, yeah. you know, you did find it hard. Yeah. And yes. but also too, they you're there to do a job. And my uh-huh. job was there to support the team. And I did my job. Mm-hmm. They didn't need me. There were some alternates that went into the teams. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kevin was it? Kevin McNabb for the Aussies. Really. Was it Kev? No. no oh, was yes. There? No, you're right. Someone did because Stuart Tinney's horse. Yeah, he dropped out. So Kev went in. I That's think, right. was he yeah, the alternate? Yeah, yeah. And he went in and wins a medal. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, so it can work out really well. It can work out but... amazingly. But your job is to be there and do that. But it is hard. It yeah, is hard. hard. And I think, I know they're doing it's it It's hard on Paris. the horses to fly all the horses over there and then fly all the way back. Yeah, to I mean, and there are a couple of people that went there not putting their horse forward. But, yeah. I mean, we were asked... At beginning being in a selection, we had a, uh, a call from, from the, uh, the, our senior selector and said, right, if you were selected as that, would you do it? Yeah, okay. And so, you know, you had to make a decision. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, that's what you do. You know, my job was to compete. They, I was the fourth best mm. scoring rider that mm. year. I got selected for the Olympics. Would you like a cupcake? I'm fine, thanks. Would you like a piece of cake? Um, no, thank you. Um, I was the fourth best rider on scores that year. I got selected to go to the Olympics. Yeah. My job was to support them. Yeah. So you did your job. So you did it. But still. No, it is. It is, it is really, really, really hard. And someone said when I came back, would you do it again? And I said, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Because it was really tough. Close. I don't know. But You've always got the chance. Yeah, you just, yeah. You know, so yeah. it's difficult. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but then, you know, and you've also said, you know, with horses, you've got to have plan A, plan B, and plan C. Yeah, no, so exactly. So, so I, mean, I, had the, I had the plan A and plan B with, with Bray Linker. Yeah. And then Santana. But also, too, you've got to have plan A, plan B, and plan Z with that one horse. Because you have, so what you do is, um, I always look like, so for next year, we have Europeans. Mm. So we look at European Day, mm. we look at selection, yeah. we work backwards to, we, we, for our selection policy, we have to give at least two scores. Okay. So you've got to give yourself three scores. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I will work back and I will look at my three competitions. Mm. And then what happens? I mean, you know, anything could happen. Yeah, anything you know, happen. all of a sudden, you know, you, I don't know, you go to go and your lorry won't start. Yeah, You know, or anything like that. <laughs> so you have to have a plan B regarding yeah. your competitions yeah. so you can get them in. And yeah. so you just got to be ready to... Yeah. I mean, luck, you know, luckily over there, there's, there's plenty of competitions on the continent. Yeah, so you can... Yeah, but... Mm, Brexit? Brexit yeah. hard? No? Not as bad as everyone's making out, or is Brexit, it... Brexit was a pain, or is a pain. Is a pain? Yeah, so is it harder to get across the water? No. Is it... Uh, no? It's not. It's not harder, as in you still drive there and you no, go across. No, yeah, but documentation. But it's the documentation that's yeah. really tough. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get it all in order, it's fine. But it, again, it's what it is. So you just. She's got to. just got to the bullet and just do it. Oh my god. Um, covered that. I guess you know, with the training and everything. I guess the thing to come out of that is, well, there's lots of things, but you know, you've got to train for the test if that like this is what you're doing yeah yeah no training, absolutely you know, I mean like... you know if you if you look at it so we've got we've got riders that you call them break over here back horses yeah 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 
they get good at doing that. Yeah. Uh, you've got riders that prepare horses for a young horse championship. Yeah. yeah. You've got riders that um, are very good um, dealer riders, mm. like dealing yards and broads, you know, and stuff like that. Very good at putting the tricks in. Mm. Yeah. I'd be a terrible dealer rider because I'd be going around going, yeah, my horse isn't ready. <laughs> yeah, but this is really nice where they're really good because they teach you to do a fancy extended trot yep. they can piaff at that end of the arena yep. they can massage down there and they so. do a couple of changes and people go wow it's amazing yep. I'd be like well no because I have to be able to come around here and do this line and this exactly. line and this line so I'd be terrible yeah you're looking at a Grand Prix um, test all the time in your training so I'm a Grand Prix rider yeah. so what I do do is I look at my horses and I think I have to go like this and I have sort of a system in place and obviously you've got to be you've got yeah. to be able to sometimes bend it a little bit but that's I, I feel very much like I have a system now yes. and I stick to that system. Yeah. And you can't go off on a tangent and compete at those levels within that system. Yeah, yeah. You know what so doing. you do tend to see, you know, established Grand Prix riders mm. probably riding their young horses differently than what they did when they started. Yeah. Because yeah. you know where you're going. Yes. So I guess um, you're talking about, you know, knowledge then being proactive and then yeah. patience. Yeah. So if you go back to knowledge, mm -hmm. Most of your knowledge, I guess, that you got, training yourself. Well, so, so when you're training, your knowledge is your coach. Yes. And your horse, maybe? No, no your coach. Okay. Does yeah. your horse tell you things? My horse is my teacher's? No? Um, well, only if you know what to hear. True. Good answer. <laughs> so if you don't know what to hear, you don't know what you're looking for, True. how do you know to do it? Yeah. I mean, I can pick up a tennis racket, and I know I've got to hit a ball. Don't really know how to do it. You just do this and you apparently, do that. <laughs> apparently so. And then you pop up at the Australian Roger Open. Roger might have something went, else yeah. to say about that. So, um, no, your horse, yes, your horse is your teacher, but no, they're not your teacher. Yeah, okay. You know, of course they do give you but you've got to know what you're looking for. Yeah, okay. And so it starts with someone, so that's your trainer. Yeah. So I think all people should look at how they want to ride. Yeah, yeah, okay. start with that. How do you want to ride? Yeah. Now, what you should want to do is if you want to be competitive, you should want to ride in a way that produces nice, correct riding that will do well in arena. Mm. Some people go, well, I want to ride like that and I don't care, it looks ugly. Well, they don't, they're not aware that it looks ugly. Mm. So you have to think about how you want to ride, then you have to find a trainer that makes you the best you are. Yeah. So if you want to ride a certain way um, and... Um, you know, your trainer decides that you want to go off on a tangent and it doesn't make sense, it doesn't work. You've got to be able to fit with your trainer because mm. you've got to understand them. Because it's like I was saying today with the, with, with the coaching is I think all coaches should coach in a way that your student can do it without them. Yeah. So understand. Make yourself redundant to a point. Because when you go in the arena, you can't have a coach. No. When you go down the centre line, they can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to be able to sort of see what you're doing. And also too, we ride, you know, most of the time on our own. Mm. Um, so you've got to be able to do that and so so your, your knowledge obviously it comes from there and then obviously it filters through to you mm. you know you've got to be proactive you've just got to keep nudging away because mm. otherwise if you wait for everything to be perfect all the time you never get there you know and some young horses are not going great young horses yeah and so you've got to nudge away you know it takes several years to train a horse up to Grand Prix so don't wait yeah, okay. Keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep Don't going. wait for this movement to be yeah, perfect just keep going. because guess what? You're going to be like, because fine. see, sometimes, um, you know, you'll find that your, your novice horse, you can't get, mm. it's always a little inconsistent on the circles. Yeah. So you teach it shoulder in that's consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, a better yeah. medium horse. So than don't novice just keep horse. doing the circles. So it's, it's, it's sort of, 
you've got to use every every line you've got to have a process and every mm. line's important but sometimes you've got to move on to once that line's done what it can yeah even if it's not perfect you've got to move on move on to the next thing so you've got to move on and then you've got to be patient yeah because sometimes you go through periods where you know you're on the right track and the horse can't quite get it mm. so you've just got to be patient yeah yeah and um you love Ron Bear. I use Romber. Do I love Romber? Yeah, you said. Did I? Not here. Oh, wow. No, I do like Romber. Romber's, <laughs> and, and funny, I, I do like Romber, and it's the one movement that's not in any test. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we have this no. here? Do yeah. you have a Romber? Mm. We have mm. no Romber. Used to be in elementary. We have Traver, and no. we have a shoulder in, yeah, we but we that. don't have Romber. I love yeah, Romber too. Yeah, see, we don't. Mm. But I do like a Romber. I love a Romber too. Mm. And, you know, I guess the whole thing, too, is making the arena bigger, you know. And an absolutely, idea, and it's know. 20 by 60. Yeah. Doesn't get any bigger, doesn't mm. get any smaller. Yeah. You know, when you're competing at that level. And it is, it's being able to, to you know, take all, like, you know, we talked about Glamourdale. Yeah. You know, um, we talked about Caroline's horse before. Mm. You know, if that arena was 30 metres wide by 70 metres long, Easy. that horse would be a lot easier to ride. Yeah. Um, and so what you've got to be able to do is you've got to be able to, teach it to go in a way it's rideable yeah. you know through that test yeah easy <laughs> easy and with um like these smaller riders we were talking before you yeah know, small tour what do they do you must have insight the the smaller right you know i think of helen on veyron yeah. sort of thing the smallest helen. right helen and gehanna yeah 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 the smallest rider out there on the biggest yeah. horse like yeah she's amazing she's amazing she's amazing she's very strong yeah they are very very strong, very strong in her core mm. she's got little legs that go 10 to the dozen yeah and she's got amazing technique yeah it's all the technique, technique overrides technique. everything all the time isn't it you know how do you make a big more horse move that won't move its feet yeah yeah you don't push it harder no you turn it yeah it's technique yeah and someone that doesn't have technique would just try and push into it mm people that got technique you walk up and you turn it and moves its feet yeah and then you turn it and moves its feet and then it turn it moves its feet and then you walk it forward and it moves its feet yeah it's not rocket science no and it's knowing does it, what to do it's knowing what to do so okay coach. grand prix is incredibly technical incredibly difficult yeah but everything revolves around a degree of horsemanship and actually where things go wrong is where people then almost get too technical they forget they're riding a horse Yes. Okay. You're still riding a horse. Yes. And a horse still has very simple thinking. They yes. get up, they eat, and they drink. And they go to the loo, and they eat and they drink. Whether they're wandering around a field or in a stable, they just eat and drink. It's mm. all they do. You know, the very very simple animals. You know, horses that want to compete at uh, horses that make good Grand Prix horses are horses that love to be trained. Yeah. If they don't love to be trained, they're not going to be Grand Prix horses because mm. you have to do so much training. Mm. Um, but they're still very simple, you know. Mm. It's pressure release. Yeah. It's just knowing when to press and, and when, when to when release. When to release and where. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easy. Okay, that sums up the day, I guess. <laughs> you know, and so people say, "God, how do you teach that movement?" Mm. It's like, well, you start there, and you teach them to do that. Once they've learnt that, then you teach them to do that, and once they learnt that, you teach them to do that, and then that turns into that. Yeah. And it's having that roadmap, like knowing that. You know, so like you, like like I was talking about the canter pirouettes. A lot of people teach canter pirouettes by slowing and turning. Yeah. So what happens is when the horse then the horse learns to turn because you collect them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So then you see them coming into a test and they can't prepare. Yeah. 
because as soon as they go to collect, those turns. So yes. they go faster into a pirouette. So they get away with the first couple of tests, and then you see them in two years' time, and they're like, oh, my horse keeps dropping before a pirouette. You've taught it to do that. Yeah. So you just got to break it down and just sort of teach them each thing. Yeah. And they just, they're, 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 you know, obviously they're difficult to train in some ways, especially when you've got horses that are difficult mentally. Mm. But there's, there's, there's very few horses in the world that are just bastards. Yeah. Yeah, there is the odd one. It's just, just something's just not right mentally and then mm. they, and they struggle. Um, but overall, horses really try. Mm. And what gives you confidence is like anything. I don't like talking in front of people. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, some people love it. Mm. I don't like doing it. My job puts me in front of people. Yeah, yeah. So it's my job that does that. Yeah. You know, I don't like doing demos. Before, I'm like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> But because of my knowledge, once I get in front, yeah, I just okay. open my mouth. Yeah. And, it and my experience just... Just comes out, and yeah. And then I talk like I do. Yeah, it's good. And it just keeps going. Um, but it doesn't mean... We won't make you talk about tennis. But, but it doesn't mean necessarily that. mean that, that, you know, where you've got some extroverts that they go, oh, I don't care, even if I can't do it, can I just do it in front of people? Yeah. So, like, my daughter's a bit of an extrovert. Yeah. You know, she's like, is anyone watching? <laughs> it's like, Ruby. <laughs> so, so the more people, she goes, I'm so excited, there's going to be loads of people there. <laughs> you know, I'd I'd be like my competing puts me in front of people. Yeah, so and I can ride in, I can ride in front of people. It makes mm. my odds to me. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean you get excited about riding in front of people. Do you get bored at shows, or is it a nice relaxing time? You know, because you internationals. So I use internationals to rest. Yeah, so I was going to say like a, because yeah. we don't take many horses. No, so I usually use internationals to have a sleep. Yeah, so I thought mm. maybe. I just thought you might get bored. Like, no, you don't tend to get bored because, um, well, it depends. I mean, you know, when you go to the big championships, you're there for a long time. Yeah. Um, Tokyo was difficult because COVID. Yeah. We weren't allowed out. We weren't allowed to go to a restaurant. We weren't allowed to go down the street. And that was a real pity because it would have been lovely to, to take in Japan. Mm. Um, and that's, I mean, God, how lucky are we? You know, we, I get to visit all these countries and take mm. it in and do things. And, and it's lovely. Um, but that was difficult because we were a hotel or we were at the grounds. Mm. And so, and that was long. And so that was a bit boring mm. and long. But, you know, you have the job to do. Mm. And so what you have to do is you have to be able to, in a situation like that, especially, I mean, I didn't compete, but I had to prepare to compete. Mm. But when you did compete, those guys had to sit there all day, mm. either in their hotel room or at the grounds there. And there was nothing to do at the grounds. Sit there and do nothing. I mean, there was no restaurant at the grounds. There was, there was a place you could go and eat that was open. You could get food, but it was literally open for a couple of hours there and a couple of hours there. So we were, you, the, the stables were air-conditioned, so you can either sit in the stables, but then you get in the groom's way, and the grooms get really irritated. They're like, will you guys just disappear because you have no idea how to feed your horse and how to look after it? So piss go. off. <laughs> so we can look after our horses because that's their job. And so, you know, we, we, we were lucky. We had a bit of a grass area about mm. this big out the back so we just sat on that every day and then those guys had to do that all day and then all of a sudden they're like we're on an hour and they had to click into gear and go but that's your job yeah yeah it's it's knowing your job really at the Mm. end of the day isn't it